know, when I was asked to come and share at Advent Hope, um, the first thing that comes to my mind is there's so many spiritual giants that stand in this pulpit and preach. Who am I that I was given this opportunity to come before this church to share? You know, Advent Hope, audio verse, I think is maybe ranked, if not the first, the second in the world where Advent people have been tapping into listen to sermon up to date. People all over the world that I know, many of my friends that have in, entered into this audio verse and it has been a great blessing to the world. And as I was thinking, there's so much doctrinal and uh, sermons that have been preached in this audio verse, I don't think I can do better. And uh, after thinking through, I told Alastia, I say, maybe the church would mind to listen to some story. Now today, this whole day, I will have three chances to speak to people here. It's all, go all going to be stories, and I hope you don't mind. If you have your Bible, this morning I'd like to share with you the first Bible verse. It's found in the Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. I, I know most of you, maybe you can already memorize it. In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, the Bible says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now, if God today will have given you one more chance to live in this life, repeat your life again in this earth, everything is going to be the same. Maybe 50 years you have lived in this life, or 70 years, or maybe 30 years. If God will give you one more chance to repeat your life in this earth, everything is the same. Nothing has changed. Whatever you have been through in this life, difficulties, trials, happiness, joy, bitterness, rejection, whatever it may be. And God said, I let you repeat this life again in this earth. Everything is going to be the same. Will you want it? I don't think anyone would want it. And I thank God that God wants to give us a new life, not the old life. Jesus said, if any man be in Christ, Paul said, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are going to become new. I thank God, God can give us new life. Without new life, I don't know what to hope for. Now, I'd like to share with you my personal testimony. I come from a very big family. To many, yeah, I don't know about American, I have 11 brothers and sisters. And I'm the youngest. My mother, my parents have nine boys and two girls. You know, when I was born, all my brothers, my eight brothers, they wish that I'm a girl. Because there's too many boys at home. And when I was born, all of them were disappointed. <laughs> my eldest brother, children, which my nephew and nieces, they are my same age. Some of them are older than me. When my mother go to give birth, my first sister-in-law, second sister-in-law, my sister, they all go together to give birth. <laughs> and when I was born, I was already born an uncle. My nephew came and looked for me. 
You know, you may think that from a big family, I'm the last. You know, Chinese always treasure the last one, you know. And they already give them good care. But I was not the one. Because it's too big a family. Today, my, my mother, they're still alive. They're 80 over years old. And um, they have more than 50 over grandchildren and great-grandchildren. And we live in a very big family. And I live together with my nephew and nieces together. Honestly, it's a big family and I don't get the care that I suppose I should have. In fact, at the age of 12 years old, I don't even own my own pants. Because a big family, everyone shares, you know? And that day, it all depends on who get, get it first. And you own it that day. Tomorrow, it may be a totally different story. And all my, all my childhood life, there was only two things that I do. First, I love to eat. I ate so much. I don't know how many meals I eat a day, but I know I eat a lot. I remember I was in the age of uh, seven, eight years old. I always stand beside my mother when she was cooking. Um, I remember I can eat seven fishes this size at the age of seven years old. I stand beside my mother while she was frying the fish. I cannot wait until we reach to the table. Finally, my, wife, my mother had to chase me out of the kitchen because if I continue eating, nobody can eat anymore. And I love pork so much. Chinese used to eat the kind of, I don't know what you call, you know, there's a fat in between with meat. They deep fry them. And most of them, they take away the fat, they only eat the lean meat. And I was use a bowl to collect all the fat, you know. One meal, I can collect one big bowl of fat. And I'll finish in one meal. I ate so much. When I eat until I cannot eat anymore, I enjoy by sitting at the dining table watching other people eating. <laughs> I ate so much until I was so fat. When I stand up, I couldn't even see my toes. My stomach was so big. You might not be able to imagine me. And besides that, I don't study well at all. In my elementary school, I have never passed one exam. <laughs> Every day going to school is a torture to me. I only play and eat. I remember when my teacher, when in the class, I sit the last row. You know, the desk, there's a drawer. Inside was not book. It's all food. <laughs> when teacher turned his face, I would eat. I never know what his teacher is talking about. At the age of 10 years old, I couldn't even write from A to Z. You know, my, all my brothers, they are quite good in their study. We, uh, my brothers are doctors, they are teachers, engineers, you know. They are very worried about me all the time. They used to try to teach me mathematics, language, and they all gave out. My parents used to um, take teacher into the home and give us tuition. Many nephews and nieces in, get the tuition together. And the teachers always gave out on me. They always tell my mother, this son is hopeless. 
And I did a lot of bad things, you know. I used to steal so much money from my parents. And I go to the school and I gave it to my friends. And we run out from school and go to watch movie, you know. And we fight so much. I used to have much scar on my face. But thank God for New Start program, changing of lifestyle. It take away all my scars on my face. I used to wear thick glasses. And I changed my glasses six times a year. You know why? Because I always go and fight. And they always break my glasses. And finally, finally, my parents gave me a very hard glasses. They, they, they found that the old man glasses, you know, have you, I don't know about American, Chinese, they have these old man glasses with their frame black or chocolate color, you know, thick. You can throw it to the wall and it won't break, you know. <laughs> and imagine, I was wearing an old man glass, fat. I really look stupid. <laughs> and after a while, my, my, my brother and sister, my parents, say, they, they say, maybe mother gave birth to you when she was 45 years old. And you're born <laughs> retarded. And I think maybe so, because I'm so stupid, you know? I remember one time when I came back, bringing the report card home. My nephew in the same class as me. And he came back with a rank number six in the, in the classroom. I rang 44, not the last, because the classroom had 45 students. <laughs> I was 44. I amazed it's worse than me. I came back with excitement because that number was the greatest number I ever have. And I told my mother, look, I'm 44 and she, he's only six. And my parents look at me, they don't know what to say. When I was uh, 13 years old, my parents and my, my brother came to me. My brother said, David, why don't we go to church? Go to church? What do we do in the church? Oh, we go to join a youth club called Park Finder. I said, Park Finder, okay. Look fun, it sounds fun. So we went. Wow, there were so many young people around there, and all of them are good in their study. They combined. Report card is like 900 over marks out of 10 subjects, you know. Every subject is 100 marks, and each subject, there are more than 90 marks. My 10 subject is not even 100 marks, you know. Each subject is only 4 or 5 marks. I said, how am I going to mix with them? Every time I have to lie to them, 400 marks. And after a while, I was in the church, I feel very miserable. I don't know what to do with this life. One day I heard a pastor was preaching how the Lord changed his life from a wretched life to a new life. I said, Lord, how can I have this new life? I went home. My parents said, did you hear what the pastor preached? I said, yes. And it can happen to you. I said, mm, I'm not sure about this. I went back home and I go and pray. I said, Lord, how can you change me? You know, in Malaysia, there's two kinds of exam in the secondary school. The first exam is after the third year in your high school. If you fail the national exam, only the language, Malay language, no matter how good you do the other classes, you cannot continue the next two years in your upper high school. And I know I'm going to definitely fail. And I say, Lord, 
If I fail, that was only age 16. What can I do in my life? I'm too proud to do humble job. You know, foolish people are very proud. They cannot do humble job. So I said, Lord, I will try to study. And it only left three months before the national exam come. I tried to look at the book. I don't understand them. And the exam came. I said, Lord, I know it will only take a miracle for me to go through this exam. I've tried three months, but I couldn't make it. You know, I was thinking. To make a long story short, <laughs> the exam came, I tell you. All the subject almost, I have to guess. Each question, I pray, I said, Lord, I don't understand this, and mark. Another one, pray, and then mark, you know. I don't know which one to tell. I'm not teaching you this, the way to study, you know. <laughs> but I have no way out anymore. I I pray so much in the exam time. Every, <laughs> every answer I was given is by chance. After three months, the result came out. My brother said, David, let's go and take your result. I said, brother, there's no result for me, you know. He said, you have to go and take. I said, okay. So we went. And when we reached there, I sat beside. You know, the, the result is public. You can, walk, you can read them. <laughs> it's on a notice board. And he was looking at farm, you know. And really, as you're looking, I dare not see. My brother was looking for me. He said, David, you pass. I said, I pass. Wow, I can go on. So I was excited. And I went in. <laughs> two more years. I said, man, two more years. Maybe I can restart my life again. So I tried my best to study. You know, after two years, we call uh, SPN. It's a, it's a final exam for the high school. And I don't do well. And with that result, I cannot go to any colleges, any institution to study. I said, what can I do with this life? And I pray, finally I say, let me repeat one more year in my high school. So I take more tuition, study harder. And my second year's exam was worse than the first year. I said, Lord, what can I do? I'd like to serve you, but I'm so foolish and I'm so slow. You know, foolish people always like to serve God. It's the only thing that they don't want to do. So finally, I said, Lord, and at that time, I really enjoyed playing music, you know, in the church, playing guitar. I said, maybe I can go and learn guitar and hopefully in the future, I can be a guitar teacher. So I go and take up classical guitar. And I was playing for a while. After six months, a man came back in 1989 from America, finished his study. And his name is, I, may, maybe some of you know him. His name is Sebastian Tay. He's a Malaysian, came from the same town in Malacca, Malaysia. He came back in 1989. And when he came back, I said, man, this man is a spiritual man. He will... Maybe he can tell me what to do in this life. So I go and ask Sebastian, what are you going to do? Oh, say, I'm going to start medical missionary work. Oh, the word is so big, I don't know what he was talking about. <laughs> I said, medical missionary work? What is that? I said, well, I will teach you. Can you help me? I said, if I any good to you? Yeah, sure. So, he said, we need to look for a house to rent. 
to start their work. I said, okay. So I have, I have a small motorbike. You know? So I was with him, carrying everywhere to look for a house to rent. <clears throat> Finally, we found a corner house. It cost 250 ringgit. It's about 80 US dollar a month. We rented the house with four rooms. I remember we opened the room. There was nothing in the house. I said, Sebastian, we're going to do medical missionary work. We had nothing in the house. So we kneeled down and prayed. I said, at least I can bring whatever is in my room to come to this house. So I brought my bed, my cupboard, my table, and my guitar. I said, that's not enough. So I said, let's go to ask the church member. So with my motorbike, I go to look for all the church members. I don't miss any one of them. I said, Sister Tan, we are studying medical missionary work. I don't know what type of work is this, but we need a lot of things. Can you donate anything to us? Or some give us a chair, some give us a pillow, some give us a blanket. I just collect them, you know. I remember one, um, one church member said, do you need a table, a dining table? I said, yes. And come, I have a big one. I saw the big table. It was played outside. It was rain. The rain was pouring on it, you know. And the formica, the top of the table, all was flying up. I said, we will take this. And when I took the table back, I don't know what to do with the table. I was too foolish then. I said, man, let me go and get some nails. So I buy 100 over nails, you know, about these half inches. And I nail the nail over the table. I don't know how many hundred nails I nail it over. In order to bring the whole formica back, you know. I shall glue it back, you see. I don't know what to do, you see. So after I nail it all down, I say, who's going to use this table? There's so many nails. So finally, Sebastian put a piece of cloth over. And we have eight different kinds of chairs around. Because different people give different chairs. Huh? And we have different bowls, you know, because different people give different bowls. And in one month's time, we have everything that we need in the house, though it is secondhand, you know. And I look at Sebastian, I say, Sebastian, who will come to our secondhand medical missionary house? <laughs> and she was looking at me, she saying, how about your mother? I said, my mother? Wow, my mother had high blood pressure, had diabetic, heart swelling, arthritis, overweight, migraine headache, you name it. It's a package. Every day I see my mother eat the medicine, you know, every day. So much. And I used to ask my mom, I said, do you have to eat this every day? She said, yes, I have to eat this until I die. Oh, I cannot imagine this. And she had migraine headache almost every day. She had to take painkiller every day. Every day she had to cook breakfast, lunch and dinner for about 40 people. See? So I said, mom, you have to come in. She was 66 years old then. She brought, I said, Sebastian, why don't you also bring your mother? Same kind of problem. So we start with his mother and my mother. <laughs> and whatever Sebastian asked me to do, well, do. So bring them for exercise, sing song. Huh? And we don't have much health lecture because very simple, home health center. And she lived there for one month. You know what? To make the long story short, she don't need medication for her high blood pressure anymore. Her diabetes was much controlled, very little medication. She had no more migraine headache and she lost 15 kilos, which is about, I don't know, 30 over pounds. One month, you know. 
and she gained back almost all her health. Every day, when I was looking at my mother, I said, my, so simple. No doctor in the house, <laughs> no nurses in the house, just by changing eating habit and exercise and pray. I was too much for me, you know. It's too simple. I said, I can do this. <laughs> and after a while, after my mother go, more people heard about it. One by one start, start to come into the house. And everyone, they come. Same thing. There's no miracle drugs. It's just what we eat and what we live. So simple and everyone get well. They go and see doctor and never get well. <laughs> I cannot understand this. And every day you go through and through. It's not, it's not like one get well and one don't get. If everyone follow the law, they all get well. And I, the more I practice, the more I was convicted that maybe this is something a fool can do. <laughs> and after a while, I say, Lord, please teach me what to do. And after six months, eight months, I decided that I better stop my music and do full time into this health work. And, but I dare not give up my music because I failed too many times, you know. And I say, Lord, give me a sign. If you can tell me, and I, I'll give my life to this health work. So, I told God, our neighbor, in those few steps away, every time when I jog, I saw one man, he had stroke. He tried to walk only a few steps. And every time when I passed by him, I would smile at him. He would never smile at me. He must be a miserable man. I said, Lord, I will go to his house. I don't know him. I'll go to his house. And if you use my hand to heal him, that is a sign they give me. So, one morning, I went to his house. I knocked at the home. I introduced myself. You know, I'm David Farm. I live just up there. We do some health work. And like to, I know there are some people that are sick in the house. And I'm here to help him. I tell you, I don't know much. I just go in by faith. So I went in. His name is Mr. Lin. He had stroke for six years. And I look at him. He never smiled. He looked at me. And he said, I have one thing that is, is even worse than a stroke. It's a disorder stomach. I don't know what that, that means. Everything that he eats, he feels like vomit. So I don't know what to do. I, I, I say, I will pray for you and I do whatever thing that I know. So the first thing I know what to do for him is to give him a charcoal drink. 20 years ago, you asked people to drink charcoal. I don't know about America. I dare not tell him it's a charcoal, you know, because they think I'm going to kill them. So I said, you just drink, okay? So I mixed for him, and he drank that charcoal. I said, tomorrow morning, I'll be here to look for you. So tomorrow morning, I reached their home. Everyone, he was left alone. You know, the wife had to bathe him like twice a week. He cannot bathe himself. He, terrible. Anyway, when I reached his room, the first thing that I saw, he smiled at me. I said, wow, maybe this is the first smile after six years. I said, what happened? He said, this is the first time I felt so nice on my stomach. I said, thank God, the charcoal worked. <laughs> so I was excited. So I do whatever that I know. Russian steam bath, we use a rice cooker, you know, and a plastic chair with a big sheet. Huh? We do a Russian steam bath for him and bring him for exercise every day and massage him. 
I never train as a massage, you know, to massage people. I do my best. Every day I bring him for a walk. Amazingly, two weeks' time, he can walk about half a kilometer. You know, before that, he was only walk a few steps. And after one month, he can walk with me to the hill with a stick, you know. And she can, he can bathe himself after that. He can take care of himself. And I know after that, I say, Lord, even though I know very little, and you still can use me. And after that, one year after that, something very strange happened to the place that we stay. The government let go the dam water because it was polluted, and they thought it would rain. But a drought came. The whole state of Malacca, no water supply for six months. Six months is a long time, you know. Every month we were looking for water, and every day we had to wait for the water to come to us. And after a while, we realized that we cannot run the health center anymore. It was then the principal of uh, Sebastian came from America, passed by the place, and wanted to see what Sebastian doing. So he came, and he saw me there, you know, was then. And he looked at me. That time, my English was 20 times worse than now. And I hope you understand me right now. You know? <laughs> and he was trying to tell me, did David want to come to my college and study? I was thinking, you don't even know my result. You didn't ask me to come. <laughs> but anyway, I, that time, the most I can say is yes and no. You see? <laughs> I can understand a little bit. So I tried to fill up the form. I was having a struggle to fill up because I don't understand. And Sebastian tried to help me. So I passed my paper up. I said, they accept me. I don't know whether they will accept me. So I passed the paper up. Two months later, I received a letter from him. I said, David, you have been accepted to the college. And we will give you half of the scholarship. And the other half, you can work in the campus and pay for it. Well, I was excited. I said, Lord, maybe this is my last chance. So after praying, I went to see my parents. I said, Papa, Mama, I'm going to America to study. They look at me. What? <laughs> I say, I'm going to America to study. All my nephew and nieces laugh at me. They laugh, it's not like your laugh, you know. <laughs> they mock at me. They say, what? David? Not even a college in Malaysia can accept you? America accept you? Don't waste our money. I say, wait, 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 wait. I say, just give me a plane ticket, I will go. You don't have to pay me anything. So finally, they realized that I will, definitely I will go. So they gave me a plane ticket and some money. You know, those days you have no email. Huh? It's all by phone. And I tried to figure out to tell the, the, the person to come and pick me up my flight number. I don't know what to say. I just tell them I come with an England flight. Later on, they found it was a British airway. <laughs> and so finally, I reached the college. There was not one person that can speak, English, uh, speak Chinese. All speak English. I told myself, man, I came to this place, I say, Lord, in the campus, I say, nobody know my past. And I don't look so bad, you know, after all. I say, I'm not going to tell anyone my past. I'm going to do my best and be a star. <laughs> Maybe there's something in my brain still left in me. 
how can my brother be a doctor and they are an engineer and I'm nothing? So on the day of registration, only the teacher know my result. And they look at me, my result and say, David, maybe this quarter, you just take one class and try. <laughs> you know, Chinese, we are very good in calculating money. You know? I could have paid the same money, 2,500 US dollars. That was 1990. Take one class and try? No, no, no. I say, I want to take all the classes. <laughs> he was shocked. Say, no, you cannot. But I fight all the way, you know. In my heart, I was thinking, if I fail, I fail, you know. What's the big deal? So I say, <clears throat> I'll do all the classes. But the thing is, I have not looked at the book. I only look at the subject, you know. The first subject is anatomy and physiology, part one. And second subject was Daniel, the book of Daniel. And third subject was um, massage. So I said, I want to take all the classes. I, by then, I can speak a few sentences. Huh? So finally, they said, okay, you can try. So I registered all the classes. I went and buy the book. When I bought the book, I was so surprised. So big, i never seen such a big book in my life. <laughs> Anatomy and Physiology, part one, you know, we've got to finish half of the book. Wow, wow. And in the college, we have to work 16 hours a week. And we have to have worship the morning at night prayer meeting, and I'm going to sleep at 9.30. <laughs> so finally, I say, my, I've got to do my best. So, when we get back to the dorm, it was 7 o'clock, I only got two hours to study, two and a half hours before light had to turn off. <laughs> so, at 9.30, I slept. At 12 o'clock, I wake up in the morning. I slept about three hours a day. So I wake up, I was, you know, almost every word, I have to look for dictionary. Cannot understand. If an American take one hour to study, I will maybe take seven hours to match his one hour, you know. Can you imagine how tough it is? I cannot use tears to pass, you know. There's no friends with me. There's no, I have no, uh, my parents are not with me, you know. So, when everyone was sleeping, I was studying from 12 o'clock midnight morning to, all the way to 7 o'clock in the morning. Have you tried two weeks, only sleep three hours or four hours, continuously, non-stop, for 14 days? I did it before. And I do my best. At the end of 14 days, I remember, I don't know what I'm, I was doing. You can walk out. <laughs> it's like walking in a dream. On a 14 day, the first book I always open after praying, it was anatomy and physiology. It was the hardest one for me. I was looking at the book. I don't know what I'm reading, looking at anymore. I was so tired, blank. And finally, I closed the book. I raised a white flag up to heaven. I said, Lord, I surrender. <laughs> I know with all my strength, everything that I've done is useless. Lord, if I could just pass, just pass, it's all because of your grace. So I went back to sleep after that. I couldn't do anymore. I went back to sleep. The next day, I wake up at 4 o'clock. I must at least have 6 hours of sleep, you know. I still study my best. 
The next day when I wake up, I open the book. I said, Lord, I only left two hours to study. Please help me. After I pray, you know what? The Lord did a miracle for me. It's like He put a key in my brain, opened up. All the words that I used to memorize in the past two weeks, it all flowed into my brain. I don't have to look for it anymore. And I start to read. Hey, I can understand now. I tell you, you might not understand. From not understanding a book, suddenly you understand. It's excitement to me. You know. I will start to read. I was supposed to take four hours to read. Now I only take one hour. Wow. And I take another book after one hour and I can't understand them. Too bad that I'm not a man that can cry easily, you know. So I was reading, I was so thankful to God. And, after, and as a week passed by, I kind of know that I'm going to pass the exam. After 10 weeks over, first time I went into winter break. The result haven't come out. Winter break, I have to work outside, chopping wood, you know. I've never experienced winter. I used to ask my friends, say, how is winter like? How can the whole sky turn to freezer? You know, in Malaysia, it's all the time hot. We only have one type of dress all the time. I said, how can this world become a fridge? Man, when the winter came, it was so pathetic. The sun rise, you know, the sun wake up so late and go back to sleep so early. It was so miserable. All the, all the students went home, only left few students in the campus working. And I don't have enough jacket with me. I got to wear egg type, egg shirt, you know, <laughs> to go up to chop wood. And after a while, it gets so hot, you take off the shirt. <sighs> but anyway, the Lord trained me up. And after that, the result came. I still remember that night, one of my friends, a Korean friend, his name is Alex. He came back that night. He said, David, do you see a result? I said, well, I haven't. I said, if I could just pass, I'm more than happy. He said, I saw yours. I said, what do you mean? I thought this college, nobody can see anyone's result. <laughs> I said, oh, oh i just mistaken. I, I, I took your result and I saw it. I said, I said you got all distinction A. Yeah. I said, what? I got all A's? The next morning, I went and I took. It was all A's. I came back to my dorm. I said, Lord, it's too foreign to me. I don't understand this. And I said, Lord, what can you tell me? And I opened the Bible, you know. I just opened like this. I said, Lord, please talk to me. I don't know where to read for God to tell me. So I just, just opened the Bible. I said, Lord, talk to me, please. I need you to talk to me now. So I opened the Bible and immediately I felt that the Lord is speaking to me. And I want you to see in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26 to, to, to 29. The book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26 to 29. Immediately I felt the Lord is speaking to me. The Bible says, for ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. 
But God has chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are despised had God chosen. Yea, and things which are not to bring to none things that are. That no flesh should glory in God's presence. When I read that, I said, Lord, thank you. Thank you for choosing a foolish man, a man that's hopeless, basting, a person that's despised. I never know that by surrendering my life to God, God can change my life. I never imagined that I finished all my college life with good results. And I remember I sent back the first result back to my parents, you know. I wonder what kind of response they have. Maybe they were thinking, what type of college is this? <laughs> but if you ask them today, they will tell you, this is a miracle child. I never know that by surrendering my life to God, God will brought me to so many places in the world. Philippines, China, Korea, Japan, so many places to do medical missionary work. I never, never dreamed that one day the Lord had brought me back to my own hometown to start a medical missionary health centre and a training school and a needle work right now. You know, 20 years ago, if you look at this young man, you will say he's a hopeless one. But my Bible tells me, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And I'd like to suggest to everyone, if God can do that in my life, God can do it to anyone in this world. As long as they're willing to give all to God, and God can change their life totally. May the Lord bless you. And these two, the next two things I'm going to share with you this afternoon, I hope some of you can be here. It's all going to be story a story of what the Lord has done in my life. And I think you can be blessed by my story. Because I have been blessed. I'm here not to glorify myself, but because the Bible says no flesh can glory in His presence. I just want to use my story to encourage everyone. May the Lord bless you.